0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Balance and Moderation, a podcast dedicated to helping health-conscious individuals elevate their mind, body, and spirit through a compassionate and realistic approach. After a couple-week hiatus, we are back hitting the ground running with an episode called Welcome to Prehab. We've talked a little bit about pre-workout before and the negative impact it can have on your health, but we really dive into it In this episode, and Cher and I talk about our experience with it. And we also get into some alternative methods that you can use to still get a little bit of a bump of energy before your workout without screwing up your sleep and health overall. Please don't forget to like, rate, and review these episodes and the podcast overall. It really helps with the algorithm and get the word out. If you like this episode, please share it. Uh, Share it with somebody that maybe uses a little bit too much pre-workout. I know I know a few people that do. And don't forget, this is our messages for everybody. Big love is our motto. Not really everybody over 18 is sometimes the content can be inappropriate for minors. Just got to throw that out there, cover our asses. But that being said, we really hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to Prehab.
1: Welcome
0: back. Yeah, welcome back. We are recording again after a little, I guess, a week hiatus. Yeah, Uh, yeah. we missed
1: you guys.
0: Missed you all very much. Thank you for your patience and understanding. Uh, Yeah, we've kind of been just going balls of the wall since we started back in, I guess, October-ish, November-ish is when we kind of yeah. started getting ready for this.
1: Yeah, we, we released our first episode in January, but we had been working on this a couple months prior to the r- official release, for sure.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, some of it is a little bit of my fault. I kind of have a crazy schedule with my employment, so it's hard to really get in a good cadence, and we're just trying to figure out wh- what works best for us. And we don't want the product that we're producing to suffer because of that. And we're like I just said, we're we're trying to put out the best content for our tribe.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, thank you guys for your patience. Um, it was kind of nice having a little bit of a break because we got to have some time to re-clarify really what our mission is, what we want to create content-wise really how we want to step up in some respects, but also some things that maybe we don't need to focus as much on anymore, Um, which is cool. I mean, this is both of our first independent business ventures that we're working on together. So it is very much a learning process, and it's going to take you know, some trial and error to figure out what really works best for us and where our magic is, but I feel like we're very much on our way.
0: Definitely. It's you know, I think we talked about it before when we first got started, we have to remind ourselves that it's not going to be perfect and it's a learning process. Mm -hmm. And I think even just learning how to speak and talk on these without saying too many filler words and speaking clearly and not doing what I'm doing right now and, and, and not speaking in a cohesive way. But yeah, we're, we're we're learning and we're growing, and and that's what we're trying to do. As we grow, we hope you grow, and that's the whole point of this show.
1: Absolutely. I was even just talking to my roommates last night, and we had a friend over. He gave us a book that I do not remember the title of, but one of the quotes was: um, "Strive. Do your best. Don't strive for perfection." because that's really all you can do. All you can do is your best. But if you're constantly going for a perfect product, then you're never going to be satisfied with the work that you're doing. And it's going to be a very self-depreciating process when really when you're in a state of joy and enthusiasm, that's really when you do your best work. And that's when you're striving to be your best.
0: Definitely. And and I have a problem with that. That's been something in my life As I have that kind of grind, strive for perfect perfection all the time. Like, Don't ever be satisfied, you know, those kind of cheesy motivational things, Mm -hmm. you know, get going, get up, never satisfied, never, never, never quenched. And it, that mentality is kind of something that kind of plagues, I think, our society a little bit. We kind of idolize people that just go balls of the wall all the time and kind of portray this perfection. And I think it causes a lot of uh, unhealthy, unhealthy habits in our lives, like lack of sleep and doing something that we're going to kind of kick off and talk about today, we're going to really kind of get into supplements. It's something that I think in the health and fitness field, there's so much of a business and marketing around it that it's hard to really figure out what's good for you, what's not good for you. And the sad thing is, is a lot of it isn't good for you. And one of the things we'll kind of kick off talking about is, is pre-workout, which I think is really a big issue that's not being talked about in the health and fitness field. It's something that I think a lot of people take, and they think they're being healthy, and they, they, it allows them to get better workouts. And... It masks a lot of things or signals that the body naturally tells you to kind of slow down, but you feel good, you get good pumps, you're getting good workouts, and you also get, you know, kind of a a mental bump from it.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I know I used pre-workout pretty frequently when I was in college. Uh, There was a lot of pressure to uh, be... Physically fit, not just for yourself, but for the views of others, you know, being in a sorority in college. While I pride myself in being very grounded, um, you know, I definitely did get swept up in that from time to time. And so uh physical fitness has always been important to me from an actual health standpoint, but there's definitely a drive to try to show up and look good, not just for myself, but you know give my sorority a good name or be like oh yeah you know just show it, show up as a a perfect person, you know, I did really well in school. So I wanted to be this beautiful person that also did really great in school and was really involved, but still had a social life and knew how to have a good time. So trying to live up to this perfect model of somebody who, you know, while I did my best, definitely was not perfect. And in that striving for perfection, definitely definitely hurt myself along the way. whether that was intentionally or not, um, doesn't really matter, it's the truth. Um, But as far as the physical aspect, I did a lot of pre-workout when I was in college, I tried it for the first time when I was in high school on accident with my girlfriend, Kelly. I think I said the story on uh, the podcast before, but they were handing out free samples at our local Crunch Gym. And we were like, eh, why not? Let's try it. And literally, we ran as fast as our little hearts could. And I am not a runner. And I ran for like six miles because I was like, I am so jittery. I don't know how to get this out of my system. Uh, But... I was like, "Whoa, that was so crazy. I literally don't run. This is wild." So, so I was interested in it. I was a little bit sus about it because I was like this didn't make me feel great, but I did get a really good workout in. So, I used it in college from time to time, and it got to a point where I really didn't want to work out unless I was using pre-workout because like you said, not only did it make me feel good physically, but it really provided me that mental stimulation which After hours of studying or a hard night of like partying, it's like I needed something that was going to literally get my ass out of bed and that was a good solution for me.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I'm kind of the the bro side of this duo for the podcast and I'm sure you took pre-workout, but I don't know if you abused it to the level that I abused it. No,
1: definitely not. I took like a half a scoop at most.
0: Yeah. So. I first got pre-workout when I was in high school. I was working out pretty hard. I think at the time, uh, there was a bodybuilding competition at our our high school. And at at the time, I was going to try to do that. And some of my other friends were starting to take pre-workout. And I bought some stuff. And it was actually a pretty mild pre-workout. But even still, the first time I took it, I worked out for like an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. And I barely took any rest. I did heavier weight on all my lifts. And it, it was amazing. I, I felt like I was on cloud nine. And, you know, it, the effects of it were very similar to things that I have heard you feel on stuff like cocaine and <laughs> stuff like that. And just a very euphoric feeling. And then it was a crash. But I was taking that a lot then through my senior year of high school. And something I, I, I remember is my parents thought I was on steroids because I basically was expressing symptoms of roid rage.
1: Oh, wow. And I think
0: a lot of it was I would have this awesome workout, I'd have all this serotonin, dopamine in my system, and then I would crash later in the evening when I was around my family, and I would exhibit those Poor side effects of having a crash off of excessive amount of caffeine and stimulants. And it just was something I really wasn't even aware of at the time. And and you get kind of so obsessed with working out and feeling good in that level of perfection. You know, I was trying at that time in my head, I was like, I need to be 240 pounds. Like I was really into bodybuilding at that point and I wanted to get huge. And that was like... That's a
1: lot. I mean, you're like 200 yeah, right now. I,
0: I, I couldn't get to 240 unless I was on like legitimate steroids.
1: Yeah, that, Yeah, that's crazy. The biggest
0: I've ever gotten was 215 and I was on something called SARMs, which we can talk about in another episode. And basically it's like the Diet Coke of steroids. Oh. <laughs> um, it's, I, I didn't really have that bad of side effects. I mean, it, at the time, I don't know what I've done to myself down the road. And that's why I really, you know, I kind of brought up this episode as something I wanted to talk about. I've wrote about, written about it on my blog before, and it's something that maybe even right now, you may not know anybody that's been hurt by pre-workout. You know, there have been deaths around pre-workout. There's ingredients in it that can induce a heart attack outside of the fact that there's most have a servings around 300 to 400 milligrams of caffeine, and I don't I don't. I didn't know many people that were going to the gym that were only taking one scoop. I generally would take two scoops to go to the gym, so that was about 700 milligrams of caffeine.
1: And just for context, pretty sure a cup of coffee has 80, 90 milligrams of caffeine in it.
0: Yeah, it's like it. It just depends on the size. I know a shot of espresso is 70. I think a cup of coffee is like 100 or 120. I think. Okay. Green teas like 70.
1: Interesting. I,
0: for, I forget. I, I think it just depends on what but kind of basically, coffee and how much. You're
1: drinking like half a pot of coffee at 5.30 in the afternoon before you take your workout after you're getting home from work. Yeah. Which is insane. So imagine how hard it is for you to get a good night's sleep even if you're actually able to get to sleep are you able to have that restorative sleep that is really reparative to your mind and your body and I think something that you noticed for yourself was that you were overriding your body's need for rest
0: definitely and that is probably out of all you know There's a lot of bad ingredients. There's a lot of artificial stuff. There's a stuff called DHMA, which we'll talk about a little bit. But one of the biggest problems with pre-workout, your body will tell you when you need to rest. And it completely masks that, that signal to your body. So I would be exhausted. You know, you talk about, like, going out and stuff. I used to party a lot in college. So I would get, you know, five hours of sleep the night before then get up, go to class, and then take pre-workout and go work out, even though I was exhausted, I would still take that, and I would get through my workout, and I would still have a good workout, and my weights would still go up, and I would constantly do that, and something I wasn't aware of is I'm much more consistent now with working out. From like 18 to 22-ish, it was very like I'd work out hard for a few months, take a month off. Work out hard for a few months, take a month off. And I think you see that a lot in in most people that are going to the gym. They they get real high, they get low, get high, get low. And it's really hard to keep a consistent program going. And I think a lot of that is is supplements. I know a lot of people that take pre-workout. Very few people that are in my circle of even even people that are are some of my best friends are still taking pre-workout every time before they before they go to the gym. And I've tried to voice my concerns and opinions, and uh, they've kind of switched to some healthier ones, but are still a lot of caffeine. But yeah, sleep, I mean, you, we can, we've talked about this before. I think if you're looking at a hierarchy of health, I would say sleep or nutrition are one and two. Depending on how bad one or the other is. I mean, if you eat well and you have awful sleep, like, why are you even eating well? But if you sleep really great, but then you're eating cheeseburgers every meal, then what are you doing either? But at the same time, you gotta, those are like two mainstays where if you don't have that, nothing else is really gonna work out for you.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. And so just to kind of talk about, I mean, when you talk about other supplements, the problem is, One, supplements don't really make that much of a difference in the gym. I would say if you have everything else in line, they probably can give you about 10%, which is a lot if you are competing, if you are bodybuilding, which side note, bodybuilding is not healthy. (laughs) There's a ton of Instagram influencers and everything that are these gigantic people that are promoting like health in quotation marks and their workout plans and supplements. And those people aren't healthy, and something I really fear and I worry about, even with my own self, because I've done a lot of damage to my body through my 20s, uh, late teens and, and early 20s, doing all this stuff, is we don't know the side effects down the road. I put a lot of stress on my heart, so even though I'm super healthy now, there is a lingering worry or fear that I've maybe done too much damage to reverse,
1: Yeah, and that's interesting you say that because one of the reasons why I actually quit taking pre-workout was it was giving me heart palpitations. Like, And whether it was at the gym or after my workout, I just noticed my heart was starting to feel a little funky. And, you know, while genetics only play such a small percentage into you know, your overall health and wellness, we're realizing that genetics are not, you know, the predeterminant for, they don't predestine you for a life of disease, so to say. It has a lot more to do with your lifestyle and your choices. But I knew in the back of my mind, I was like, okay, heart disease runs in my family and I'm doing something to my body that is putting me, my heart at risk of disease. So I need to cut this out because one, it doesn't make me feel good to it makes me have a really shitty mood afterwards. And I don't really want to do anything or talk to anybody. It was just like, I started getting really, really angsty and I'm already kind of an angsty person. So I was like, "Mm, I'm being a little too spicy towards my friends and my family. Maybe I should cut this out too. But with the heart thing and everything, it, it was just kind of a, a breaking point for me that I was like, yeah, this is, not worth the benefits by any means. So do you want to talk about some of the ingredients and how they affect yeah, you? Yeah,
0: yeah. So we're we're looking at a, a pre-workout now, and I, I got this from a, a friend, and I, I don't mean to, you know, bring this up, but it's called Cocaine. And if that's not a indicator that it's not healthy, I have taken ones called cocaine. There's ones called pathogen. I took one called angel dust one time.
1: Pathogen just sounds so bad.
0: The best pre-workout <laughs> I've ever taken was God of War. And I'm pretty sure that the supplement store, the guy told me that it was somebody was making it out of their garage, pack- oh packaging God. it in their garage. So it was a great pre-workout. But yeah, so there's a lot of stuff. I mean, if you look at the the other ingredients, it's national and Natural and artificial flavoring, which basically just means a bunch of stuff that the FDA hasn't figured out what it is yet. Mm -hmm. And then sucralose, which is sweet and low. There's a lot of side effects of of sweet and low. No good. And then a big one that you can, it's technically banned and you're not supposed to have it in dietary supplements anymore. But I don't know how people get around it because even in 2021, you can still get these supplements. I don't know if they're ordering them overseas or what's happening, but there's a stuff called DMHA. And essentially DMHA is dimethylhexylamine. I don't know, I'm not hexalamine. good Hexylamine? Hexylamine, yeah. But basically anything with like a mean on the end is basically meth, isn't it? I- not- it's a stimulant.
1: It's a stimulant. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not saying, like, it's meth because I think sometimes, like, other substances that have amines or methyl groups on them get a bad name because people are like, oh, my God, is this meth? Yeah. Is this an amphetamine? No, it's not. But is it a stimulant? Very likely so.
0: Yeah, and it's a stimulant. It's found a lot in pre-workouts and, and fat burners. I know I took a fat burner that just wrecked me one time, and it, I'm pretty sure that was the main ingredient, and it was loaded with it even more than it has in, in this one. And, and DMHA is an active ingredient found in a, a nasal G- decongestant. And essentially what it does, it just kind of ramps up your metabolism. And it feels great. It has amphetamine-like effects on your body but dmha is a big reason that certain ones certain certain pre workouts have been banned because it can induce a heart attack if abused Damn. and that's just not good so that's that's a big one to look out for if you really do want to take a pre workout i would say look for something you can buy stimulant free pre workouts and there are as people have become more aware and there's more there's there's better companies coming out. There's a lot of decent alternatives to pre-workout. But honestly, like if you really need something, drink some green tea or some coffee before you go to the gym. You'll get a little bit of a you you'll you'll get some some benefit of caffeine. And a lot of the benefit in pre-workout is just an excessive amount of caffeine. Caffeine obviously gives you energy. It also inhibits your pain. It lowers your, your or heightens your pain tolerance. Mm-hmm. So you may not feel as sore during the workout. You can kind of push back that mental signal and say, Hey man, you probably shouldn't do two more reps. So you can push that through and, and cause tissue damage that you normally wouldn't cause if you were essentially sober in the gym.
1: Yeah. And so I did want to ask about that. Um, so there's some ingredients that, If I looked at them and I didn't know what they meant, I would be like, "Oh, that sounds really scary." Like for example, uh, you know, you can read a label and there's ascorbic acid on the label, and people are like, "Oh, what is this? It's vitamin C. It's not that scary." So I know that sometimes I have that judgment of like, "Oh, I don't know what this is. This must be bad for me." I know that's not always true, but. So is there anything in here that actually is good for you or that you would take? Or like if you created it, like your own formula with high quality ingredients, different concentrations, would this be of benefit to you or like is everything just across the board really bad? Like for example, like citrulline, beta alanine um creatine, things like that. So for people who like don't work out and don't know what these things are, um, should they stay away from this stuff?
0: Yeah. I I can't speak specifically on any side effects or health benefits. I know that there's certain, certain ingredients listed in here that are in most pre-workouts that I actually make a little cocktail at home sometimes when I really need that extra boost. I, I don't use it as much as I used to, but Citrulline malate is essentially just going to cause a pump. It opens up your NO pathways, gets some better blood flow. And what flow. is NO
1: pathways?
0: Nitric oxide. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, because I read that in your article and it says opens no pathways. And I was like, uh, I think it does open some pathways, but it's the nitrous oxide pathway. Essentially pathways. just
0: gets some oxygen in your blood and yeah. gets things pumping. That's why you get a pump. Your veins, your veins will bulge out. Mm-hmm. And then beta alanine. I, I add that in my little concoction at home. And that just kinda I think just it, it, it it's gives an amino you little, acid. It's an amino acid just gives you more muscular endurance. And then I don't think it's on here. Um there's uh I'm 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 losing the name right now. I had. Bet is it L, L-theanine? L-theanine. There we go. L-theanine. Yeah. yeah. My bad. L-theanine is something, and I think that's an is that an amino as well?
1: Um, it's some sort of amino, but anyway. it's not like one of the essential amino acids that your body needs to survive.
0: Yeah. Well, L-theanine will balance out like those caffeine jitters, so that's why I put it in there. It helps you focus a little more because it. It makes the caffeine actually more useful. So I'll do black coffee mixed with L-citrulline, citrulli- L- beta-alanine, and L-theanine, and that kind of gives me a little concoction. It doesn't have any uh, glycemic load, so I don't, I can't, I won't break a fast if I drink that before. It doesn't taste good. <laughs> it gives the coffee a very sour, nasty kind of taste. So I just kind of slam it and go. Mm-hmm. But. I know exactly what's in it. I don't have a bunch of artificial flavorings and sweeteners. And I definitely don't have DMHA in it. And I'm at about 120 milligrams of caffeine instead of 350. And even still, when I was taking that, I wouldn't take it. If if my workout was gonna start later than like three or four o'clock, I wouldn't I wouldn't take it. And that's that's something that just as a word of caution to anybody, if you're trying to be healthy, you can't really take caffeine after work. Really, the cutoff should be about three o'clock, in my opinion, for caffeine. The half life of caffeine is six hours. So you're still going to have, you know, every six hours, you're going to have half of what you took. So for instance, like I talk about in that article, I wrote 350 milligrams of caffeine at 530, at 1130, you still have what 175 milligrams of caffeine coursing through your system which is way more than a cup of coffee
1: mm-hmm. and
0: that's a big that's a big side effect of pre-workout is it causes insomnia
1: yeah and now uh, I know that you have some experience with um, you know, I know this is not the kindest way of saying it, but, like, abusing pre-workout. Um, and I think that you would admit to that wholeheartedly.
0: Wait. Let me ask you a question. Would abusing pre-workout be throwing a scoop in your mouth and then chugging a beer before you go out? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. Just yeah. making yeah. sure. You know, yeah. I, I never did that. Never. You
1: know? <laughs> uh, it's okay. We've all done things that we're not proud of. Um it's the
0: ultimate bro like, yeah. cocktail. Uh,
1: But I just kind of want to hear, like, from your experience, like, how did it affect, like, your mental health and your mood? Because I know you were talking about it when you were younger, when you were kind of taking, like, baby pre-workout. But while you were taking it for so many years and utilizing so much of it, did you notice, like, your relationship with yourself and other people change?
0: I have a little bit of a temper, even growing up, just... (laughs) little bit no a little little bit of a spicy gene myself but uh i yeah i would i would like if anything even like when i was on it like if something kind of like switched or i got in an argument with my girlfriend or my parents like i would just lose control not to where i was like hurting anybody but like just screaming and yelling and i remember like I remember one time I got in like a fight with my girlfriend and I had just taken my pre-workout and I was driving to the gym and in high school I didn't drive that far to the gym. I think the Y was like a five minute drive from my house. I literally screamed the entire time. Like I was (gasps) out of breath when I got home because I screamed the entire time I was in the car. And then I got a great workout. Oh,
1: my God. Just
0: rage. But yeah, I think at the time, especially throughout college, I I abused a lot of different stuff in college, whether it was alcohol, Adderall, pre-workout, some other stuff got sprinkled in there. You know, I I self-admittedly am open about the fact that even though at the time I was a workout and I maybe had like a six pack, I was abusing a lot of... A lot of things and pre-workout was one that I was abusing, but everything was masking, I think, a lot of mental problems I was having. And I I I didn't realize at the time how much anxiety I was dealing with, how much depression I was dealing with. Because, you know, if you're depressed and you take pre-workout, you can get through things, you can be successful, you can work out. And that's how I kind of justified it all the time of dealing with my anxiety and my depression and just unhealthy even mental lifestyle that i was living was well i'm an engineering school and i am a kickboxer and i'm a part of this club and this club and i i do this and i volunteer here and it's like i'm doing all these things but basically i was just on this roller coaster of amphetamines and caffeine and, and coffee and, and Adderall and just constantly on this roller coaster, and I think a lot of people are on a roller coaster that they don't even realize there's a big issue nowadays with pharmaceuticals and these supplements that are marketed as healthy and even co- coffee people abuse coffee all the time I mean I as I there's kind of tears of as i've I've shedded things out of my life and I'm kind of still on this. Downward slope where I'm trying to get back to that like homeostasis point, which, you know, it's that that's going to be hard to sustain forever. But getting closer to that line where my body's in this balanced state where I'm not jacking up my energy levels and then crashing and then kind of going on this roller coaster of happiness and health, I'm trying to get back to that middle path. And there's certain things that I had to shed one of the first things I shed was was alcohol. I had to I had to really cut down on my drinking habits and then Adderall came off. And then I started and then I stopped taking pre-workout and certain supplements that I was abusing. And then now it's like I'm in this kind of caffeine one where I still do abuse caffeine sometimes. Luckily not as much as I used to, but when I was in an office right after I got out of college, I would drink like six cups of coffee a day.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that A lot of people can relate to that um, because when we talk about things like abuse and addiction, they sound like really scary words, and a lot of people don't want to identify that because they don't identify as, you know someone who's living without a home, like asking people for money high off their ass, like people don't want to be like, oh, I'm not an addict. I don't identify with that. But a lot of people struggle with addiction, even if they recognize it or not. And whether it's caffeine or stimulants or alcohol or other recreational substances, even natural substances you can abuse. And I think that we're starting to I don't know, kind of normalize it, like normalize this abuse of, uh, you know, everyone's like, oh, well, haha, it's a happy hour somewhere. It's, you know, time for me to take a drink of this, that or the other thing, or I can't go to bed without smoking this. And we've kind of normalized being out of alignment and being okay with enabling this behavior when really it is a detriment to us. And I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. If anything, I'm pointing a finger at myself. I'm the first to admit that I've dealt with those problems myself. But recognizing that and coming to a point where you want to come more into that middle ground, I think is really how you get started with all of this. So when did you actually quit using pre-workout?
0: I... So when I went keto, when I was, I think, at 26, 27, when I, when I went keto that first time, I had to take a different pre-workout that had a bunch of like no sugars and things like that. And then I accidentally bought something that didn't have, I think, the DH, DHMA in it, and it didn't have a ton of caffeine. And even though I wasn't getting as good of workouts, I noticed I started getting better sleep and some other stuff started to happen. And, and that was really kind of an awakening for me as you know, in my later, mid late 20s, I kind of realized all this abuse that I was doing to my body. And just because I was successful in, in quotation marks to, you know, the everyday person, I had a good job. You know, I had friends. I, like you said, I wasn't on the side of the road begging for money, you know, doing that. I was definitely an addict. And I think I started to realize that. And there's, you know, it's all a process and it's not going to happen overnight. And I have to remind myself of that. But yeah, I just kind of realized, and as I did more research, I started to get more into health from, I, I, I stopped, I used to research how to get big muscles, how to be faster, how to be stronger. And then my research and the things that I became interested in started becoming how to get better sleep, how to regulate your mood, how to be more focused during the day. And I kind of had this awakening of like, wow, I'm doing a lot of things to my body that are not. In line with what I want in even the current time, but in five years, ten years, fifty years, like my lifestyle definitely wasn't sustainable. I don't know where I would be right now if I kept that kept that lifestyle up. But probably
1: not doing this podcast that's for damn yeah, sure definitely
0: not <laughs> but you know you talk about normalizing it, and that's that's the big issue is even our doctors like I had a doctor that was giving me ninety instant instant milligram instant Ritalin a month, 20 milligrams, 90, 90, 20 milligrams, that's 60. And he was giving me 30 Vyvanse, 70 milligrams. So oh, shit. I literally had enough stuff to take a day that I, I probably could have overdosed if I actually would have took what was recommended.
1: Yeah, I would say, like, damn, boy, did you get any goddamn sleep?
0: <laughs> I didn't. Like, I, I genuinely was, you know, and that's a problem, too, is, is n- lately, and now, you know, you see all these in, uh, YouTube videos and you got, you know, and and I love the guy, but like the rock talks about this. The rock's like, oh, I only sleep like four hours, four or six hours, and I get up and I work out. And like people don't understand. Like, he is probably on Adderall and steroids. He's definitely on steroids. And if you don't think The Rock is on steroids, you need to wake up from whatever dream you're living in. <laughs> but but we we idolize these people that are go, 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 go all the time. And we don't step back and think, we, we think there's something wrong with ourselves of why we can't get to that point. And we don't really recognize maybe some of the, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. There's a lot of outliers. There's a lot of substances that are being used to do this grind mode. A lot of these huge executives and CEOs and people that are really high achievers, a lot of them are addicted to Adderall.
1: Absolutely. Or other stimulants. Or like. Other- Literal cocaine, literal. not just the pre-workout cocaine.
0: Yeah, literal cocaine, and yeah, and I think if we can kind of we can kind of segue into kind of some other talks, but just I, I guess what I want the viewers to get out of this episode is just kind of take a step back and just look at your life and and think about you know what things are you what things are you using and what things are using you what things, I love that. what things do you fear losing and giving up? Because there was a point in my life where I was like, I can't, I can't do stuff without Adderall. Like I can't focus. I can't go to work. I can't study. I can't, you know, live my life. And it was like scary for me to lose Adderall. I would freak out if I didn't fill up my prescription and I remember one time there was an Adderall sh- shortage in Gainesville, I think, because everybody was on it. And I had to drive, like, 30 minutes out of town to go to a Walgreens to pick it up. And I was, like, freaking out that whole day because I'm like, I'm out. What am I going to do? I have a test. And, like, I-, I went through this crazy kind of thing trying to find it. And it- it's-, it's just not good for you. And-, and, you know, there's people that are like, you know, we kind of joke about it. Like, there's T-shirts, like, don't talk to me till I've had my cup of coffee. Yeah. If you can't be a normal functioning person in society without coffee, like you got to check yourself a little bit. You got to kind of wake up and think what am I doing? What are my sleep habits? What are my lifestyles? What's my nutrition like that causes me to need this bump of caffeine in the morning? and we talk about 120 milligrams in a cup of coffee, that's eight ounces. Who just has eight ounces of coffee?
1: Like nobody. And I knew this like when I was working at the cardiology office too, because I was a medical assistant. I was asking all the intake questions and caffeine was a question. And I'd always ask people, okay, how many cups of coffee do you drink a day? And they're like, oh, one or two. But then I would always follow up with how big is your cup of coffee? Because There was some people who were like, "Oh, I only drink one to two sodas a day," but then I come to find out that they're drinking the sixty-four ounce cups from the gas station, and I was like, "Honey, that is not one to two cups of soda. You're drinking like twelve sodas a day. That is not good for you, in any way, shape, or form." So
0: definitely, and and yeah, so that's the thing is is really you know whatever, and that's the thing, whatever supplements you're taking, really look at them if you don't understand an ingredient, if it does stick out to you, even if it is something that you may look it up and find out it's healthy, like you talk about absorbic acid, like, okay, that's fine. It's not only good for you to kind of research that and figure out what's in it, but there's so many things that are hidden and stuff. And a lot of supplements, they don't need FDA approval to get on the shelf. It's almost... There's so many chemicals and things that they put in them that aren't even on the radar of the Food and Drug Administration. I don't think supplements even have to have an FDA approval to Most be of them on the don't.
1: Shop. Or they just write, hey, this product has not been, you know, approved by the FDA. And that's pretty much it.
0: Yeah. And I mean, even this pre-workout that we have here, like the disclaimer is basically what I would think a disclaimer would be for some, like, crazy pharmaceutical drug that I'm taking that, you know...
1: Yeah, it says, if you're taking antidepressants, blood thinners, NSAIDs, pseudoephedrine, or any other dietary supplement, any prescription drug, any over-the-counter medicine, or if you've been treated for, diagnosed for, or have a family history of any medical condition, including but not limited to, it's like, you have to be... Any
0: medical condition? Any
1: medical condition. You gotta be the most goddamn healthy person on the planet in order to take some cocaine (laughs) pre-workout.
0: Yeah. It's crazy. You know, and... There's 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 a place for supplements. There is... I
1: love supplements. I mean, I know that you're kind of on a fitness supplement conversation right now, but I definitely love my supplements because we'll probably have a lot more conversations about this in the future. But long story short, the... Food that we are growing from the ground today, so like actual natural real food like fruits and vegetables, we're not getting the same nutritional content that we used to. Like when our grandparents were eating, you know, apples and bananas and vegetables, it's not the same. So we do kind of need to have something like a dietary supplement where we're kind of upping those micronutrient levels so that we can maintain a higher level of homeostasis. I'm going to say that that's probably the best way to do it. But it's not to say like by just taking supplements, you can get away with eating all of the processed unhealthy food that you want to. It doesn't work like that. It's a a supplement because it's supplementing what you're already doing. But if you're doing a supplement to like mask over the healthy lifestyle habits that aren't in place, you're just going to end up spending a lot of money and not really getting a whole lot of benefit out of it.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of the overlying message of this 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 episode and we'll we'll kind of wrap up soon we're approaching uh 40 minutes. But but yeah, the more important thing is to be in a healthy place, but you know, and we've talked about this before. If you don't have a workout regimen and you need a little pre-workout to get to the gym, I'm okay with it, but you have to go with it from a mindful stance of, okay, I'm gonna do a scoop for two weeks, and then I'm gonna go down to a half a scoop for two weeks, and then I'm gonna go to nothing for two weeks, or and I'm gonna try to get the best possible brand or ingredients that I can. You know, if you go to my blog wellnessmodern.com, if you go welcome to prehab, I'll also share it on our website uh, balanceandmoderation.com. You can do something like that. You can buy those bulk supplements, which, you know, I don't know the sources of them, but, you know, I do feel comfortable with the fact that the little concoction and cocktail that I make is a lot better for you than most of the things that are on the shelf for pre workouts. I also have something here that I take from a company called On It, which we are not affiliated with. Hopefully, one day we will be, because I think from a supplement brand, they're really in a good place. They, are compassionate towards the body and, and they, they have third-party testing. And I think a lot of the people in that company or have been affiliated with that company are in line with my beliefs on health and fitness. There's this stuff called Shroom Tech. Um, it's been clinically studied to improve and it's really just, it's a mushroom adaptogen blend. And I don't know how, but it gives you it gives you energy. I notice it, it's not like a jittery feeling, it's not something that if you're not paying attention to, you'll notice, but you get a little bit of a bump of energy, your mood goes up a little bit, and I really feel like I have a better workout. And I don't even, when I take it, I don't even take the full full dosage. I think you're supposed to take, there's four capsules, uh, you're supposed to take four capsules in a serving, I just take two, and I get a lot of benefit out of that. That's because I don't generally take pre-workout anymore, but... Overall, I keep going. <laughs> Listen to your body. If your body is screaming at you that you need to take a nap, go home and maybe do a power nap before you go to the gym. Take a 20-minute power nap and then go to the gym. Or maybe just skip the gym or do yoga that day. Just go get a, little, get a little heat in your body, warm up, and then stretch it out. Be nice to your body. This is the only one we get. Yeah. It's like the analogy of like a car. Like, how much better would you treat your car if it was the only car you were ever going to have? Damn, that's a good point. And like our bodies, and I know we're not machines and there's a lot of other stuff, but it's just an analogy. And we have to feed our body good fuel. We have to give our body rest. We have to not get too much rest. If you let a car sit too long, that's not a good thing. We can't have too much rest, but we have to listen to ourselves and. You know, we talk about mindful eating, but you also can be, do a mindful working out. If you're doing a workout and it hurts your shoulder, stop doing that workout or change it. Change the angle of your approach. Do something different. Really, after your workout, sit down, write in a journal, write about how you felt. Did you feel tired during your workout? Did a certain thing hurt your knee? Figure out and try to be a little bit more mindful and you can begin to build a better approach to health in not only your workouts, but in your life in general.
1: Mm -hmm. There's something that we've talked about a little bit off air uh, that I thought was important is that every once in a while, it is okay to override your body because sometimes, you know, your body's going to be like, I'm tired. Or your mind's like, I'm bored. I don't want to do this. And sometimes you do kind of have to like slap yourself in the face and be like, no, I am going to do this because nobody else is going to do it for me. But if you're doing that every single day and you're abusing substances in order to get to that goal or you're overriding healthy lifestyle habits or just have an unhealthy relationship with yourself or other people as a result of you overriding your mind or your body's natural cues like, hey, I need to stop. Definitely take this as a cue to just Sit back and reevaluate some things. We have all been there. Like I'm sure a lot of people can tell from this episode, Robbie and I have both been there. So we're not blaming anybody. We're just speaking from personal experience that it is okay to take a step back and, you know, treat your body in the way that is best for you because like Robbie was saying, we've only got one unless, uh, you know, some crazy technology comes out in our lifetime, which, you know, wouldn't be surprising, but I would like to keep my natural body. I'd like to keep my natural body for sure.
0: The clones, clones.
1: Um, but yeah, (laughs) that's a, that's a total aside, but yeah, be nice to yourself and be nice to the people that love you too.
0: Definitely. Definitely. So if you have any questions, uh, you know, I think we're going to, we're going to, Originally, we were supposed to talk about some other stuff in this episode, also good supplements and things. You know, Cher is a great resource if you maybe have some dietary concerns, you maybe feel like you're not getting the adequate amount of nutrients, and she can kind of help guide you to maybe filling in those holes in your diet. I know that's something that I need to work on, something, you know, I try to take some vitamins, I take uh, magnesium at night. Um, a lot of our food is devoid in magnesium, so that's always a good supplement to take. but we'll we'll get into another episode about that. But, hey, I mean, I kind of opened up and I don't know if I've ever really talked about this this openly before with people. you know, I dealt with, you know, it's weird to say addiction because, like I said, I, I, I've never been considered, you know, I, I think from the outside looking in, nobody would view me as that or as as a kind of person that would be considered an addict. But if you're struggling with Adderall, pre-workout, overdoing supplements, not sleeping enough or anything, like reach out, talk to me. Like I'm still in the process of implementing my life and getting down off getting back to a point of balance in my life. And that's the whole point of this podcast. Is it's our journey to find balance and moderation in our lives and and live a whole full life that is connected with the present and uh aware of the past and just understanding of science but also understanding that we're humans and we got to live life a little bit so please reach out to me at wellness rob or at the bam podcast on instagram shares at the soul and science i don't know if you have anything else that you would like to close with
1: I think you, uh, I think you closed it out really nicely. So thanks for the conversation, Robbie. Thank you for being so open and vulnerable with us. Really appreciate that always. Um, But yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks for your patience with us bringing out new content. We're coming back, back and better than ever. Better than ever. (laughs) So thank you guys. We love y'all and big love is the mood. Love you. Peace out.
0: Hey, everyone. Rob here. Really appreciate you listening to our episode. Just real quick, this podcast is for information and inspiration purposes only. Any personal opinions or views do not replace medical advice. Balance and moderation recommend all listeners embarking on their wellness journey to do so under appropriate supervision by a healthcare provider. Thanks.